The Nuggets go back to back on the road. Are they back? Back to back? Plus, is the bench on the rise? And the hell's with that ejection? This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us, joining us on whatever platform you've chosen. We're on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a five-star review. Spotify, we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash LockedOnNuggets. Best way to support the show, press the old like button and subscribe on Locked On Nuggets on YouTube. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the Senior NBA Writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares, Director of Content for DNVR. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNBA. For $20 off your first purchase on today's show, we will talk about the back-to-back road wins versus the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls. We'll get to the wild, just completely brain-dead ejection of Nikola Jokic on Serbian Heritage Night in Chicago. Uh, We'll talk about whether or not the Nuggets are back, and we'll get into the bench and their resurgence that they found behind Julian Strother and company over the last couple of games. Adam, how are you on a Wednesday? I'm good, man. I got to sleep in a little bit today for the first time in a while. Feels good, man. I feel great. You? Feeling good. Feeling good about things. I got this. My my wife got me a new monitor. And so um, for my office. And so like yesterday, I was able to put like four games in the quad box on it while I was. while it's I was too many, writing. man. It was amazing. It was so good. Can you uh, focus? Yes. That's how I operate. Like I had a podcast on too. It was incredible. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's start here. The Nuggets get the win versus the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about kind of both games here uh, as a tandem, but we'll kind of, because uh, Swipe, I handled the uh, game versus the Hawks. We can talk about the Bulls game. Um, the Nuggets get the win 114-106 over the Chicago Bulls. Reggie Jackson with 25 points on 9-16 shooting in this one. Christian Brown uh, added in 13. AG, a big bounce back from AG in these last two games. AG goes for 14 points on 6-13 shooting. Seven rebounds, six assists, plus eight in his minutes. And MPJ was 17 points on six of 16. Not great there. Two of eight from three. So I guess he was four of eight from two-point range, which is good. Seven boards. They have been they were really good on the glass, I thought, in this game. Um, this was the Bulls without Zach Levine, obviously. Both teams on a back-to-back. But Bulls at home, so in that kind of spot, like that's a little bit promising. Kobe White with another really good performance. Um, what was your big kind of takeaway from how the Nuggets were able to get this win on the back-to-back? A guy stepped up in ways that I thought, you know, over the last two games, the story has been guys stepping up. You know, Aaron Gordon in particular, he's such a, I think we see when he plays well, how much higher the Nuggets' floor is. He hadn't been playing well in the previous, you know, month or so. He played great in these last two games, including this one. And then Julian Strother, back-to-back good games. That's such a big deal for a rookie. Like, rookies you grade on a different scale. Strother had one good game against Atlanta. And it was like, oh man, how great is this? A good game. And you almost just in your, in my head, at least I just counted out like, okay, bad game. Next one. Like that's going to work. And then he had two good games in a row. So it's one of those things where it's like, is he gaining a little momentum whether he is or isn't? It's still nice that you got two road performances in a row from a rookie who is like on the fence of being in the rotation or out. So that that's great. Great sign. I also want to say this, that look, Strother, um, like most rookies, if you, 
like I was on this like a long time ago and started asking coaches about it and about like, where do rookies struggle defensively? And they're like, it's not the on ball stuff. It's not like, like you, you were taught from an early age, like how to guard your man. Right. That stuff's not hard. Is that in the NBA? You have to learn the opponent's play sets and the rotations and the call outs to know how, and your timing on those rotations. So Stroth are still going to have issues there, but I have loved his little defensive stuff that he has done over the last two games, because that makes him a lot more playable. And if he's playable, He's he will find his offense. Like I feel comfortable in that, especially as they continue to work on things like, you know, when to take the long threes and when to, when they want those shots and when not to. As he learns that feel for the game, at least the feel the feel for his game on this team, I think is the best way to put it. Those allow him those opportunities because I have confidence that if he gets 15 minutes over the course of that 15 minutes, he'll settle in and find ways to contribute positively which I think is like a really big deal here. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned guys stepping up. want to give this comment from Nadine who says, Reggie Jackson has been so much better than people expected. I One got him a whole segment. <laughs> Do what? I have him listed on a whole segment there. Oh, we'll talk, yeah, you're right. We'll talk about that in the, in the third one because um, I don't want to get ahead of it, but I have like a really good take I need to go back to on that. Um, we'll talk about the ejection in the second segment. Uh, I thought that, the, the defense, I think, was really key in this one. Um, Bulls offense is always going to be pretty limited just because of the kind of roster makeup of their team. But, you know, the Bulls only go for a 112.8 offensive rating. And I kind of expected – it was funny. At the end of the first half, I was like, man, these two teams are gassed. Like, they're all – and you could see yeah. it. They were already yeah. tired. And I was a little bit concerned because I was like, look, you're on the road. Yep. You know, and especially after Yoke gets ejected, I was like, I don't know if they're going to have it. They the bench and like DeAndre, like everyone did such a good job of just keeping Chicago at arm's length the way that great teams do. This was a really impressive win to me, to be perfectly honest with you. Same for me, man. Just I mean, because of the Jokic ejection, I think if he wasn't ejected, I would have said this to like you kind of want them to win, they should win the game. But when he goes out, even with the lead, I you just look at it and you're like, crap, man, no Murray. KCP goes out with a head injury, uh, no Jokic for for a half. That's three major pieces that if you just told me can Denver win on the road without those three guys, it'd be like, yeah, take a miracle. And this wasn't a miracle performance. This was, all right, guys, you know, um, guys looked in the mirror, said, all right, we got to step up. We all got to play a little bit better. Strother, Peyton, Holiday had good minutes. Michael Porter, even though he didn't shoot the ball well, I thought in the second half he like had a intensity to him that was needed like they needed guys to kind of step up and then of course Aaron Gordon so uh, and then yes Reggie Jackson who we'll get to who was really the star of the game um but to me it's it was so encouraging because we keep talking about when Murray returns when Murray returns when Murray returns it's going to fix all problems and there is a sense that that there is a truth to that Murray does elevate you so high that the margin becomes wider but there's also this part of, yeah, but guys need to be better. Like, Strother has to be better. Christian Brown needs to be better. Michael Porter needs to be better. Aaron Gordon. And this was one of those games where you actually, not only do you not get Murray, who missed because of the ankle injury from Atlanta, but you lose Jokic and KCP during the game, and you find a way to get it. To me, that's why it's so encouraging, is I do feel the sense of Denver's other players are – you when you go through a rough patch, you either get worse and lose confidence or you kind of go through it and then come out a little bit stronger. And I have hope that Denver's coming out of this a little bit stronger. On the other side, we'll talk about Jokic's ejection, about what the situation is with the officials, what happened uh, and that entire thing. 
Up next on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd. If you're playing fantasy basketball, you've got to listen to the show. He's so good at what he does. Josh is amazing. To bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see if Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week. Let's talk about Dante Exum. Uh, the Mavs are struck down with injuries, and while that's the case, Exum was my guy, man. Mad. Love Dante Exum. My I guy. Him, I loved him as a rookie. I loved him like when he was in the league. I was bummed when he was like his injuries were such a bummer. I was so excited when he got back into the league after playing in the NBL. And then like last night, he hits a bunch of threes. LeBron was funny last night. He talked about how, well, look, our scouting report said that we should, or Ham said it. Our scouting report said to leave him open and he hit him. And that's what happened. He, he hit a bunch Sometimes of threes last night. Man. I love the size that he had to that Mavericks team. Um, and he's producing. He's a guy that can do a lot of things. So he's going to be good on your fantasy squad. Uh, just like eBay Motors is great. For you and keeping your ride up it's going to be able to get you all those parts that you need with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly they've got brake kits led headlights roof rack bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Wednesday. Matt Moore and Adam Mares. Make sure to check out Locked on Sports Today, the first national 24-7 streaming channel. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so Nikola Jokic gets ejected last night. And <laughs> um, this is a dated reference. Did you ever see Forget Paris? No. Okay, so it's this Billy Crystal movie, and he's an NBA ref, and it's a love story. Um, but he's so upset about breaking up with. It. I'm getting there. I'm getting. That there. was a lot. That was a lot. Just hang start. it. Hang okay. It Billy Crystal. Yeah, Billy Crystal referee. Yeah, Billy Crystal's a referee, and he's refereeing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's farewell game, and he tosses him. He ejects him, <laughs> and Kareem says, "You can't eject me. It's my farewell tour." And Billy Crystal says, well, then let me be the first one to say farewell. It's, it was, it's amazing. Like the crowd's booing. It was incredible. And that's how I felt on the, in this situation where I'm like, it's Serbian heritage night. How can you eject this man? The announcers, like when the, uh, this is the second time that the opposing announcers are just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with this? Um, like they were, the, the Hawks announcers were, were like, what are you, why are you giving him a tech? Um, and then the, the Bulls announcers are like, you cannot eject this man. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Crowds booing. It's absolutely nuts. For DMVR, I read in the uh, newsletter, which you can subscribe to, that Harrison Wynn had, had the great headline, Do the Refs Hate Nikola Jokic? Which was just like <laughs> great, great headline use. I love I love the character that Harrison's building. Um, you know, I think if you were to ask me to, the, the key here is that I can explain it. I just don't agree with the explanation. Um, Jokic used the MF 
that's known to be a um, hot word in NBA discourse. Kind of. Do you remember? Was it last year when a ref was it? Your ref called Jokic uh, cursed at a ref at, uh, at Jokic. Do you remember this? Somebody else got cursed at too. Because I looked this up. <laughs> That's just part of me goes like I I just can't I have I have like no time for this like there's some words that you just can't say like mf or come on man come so on. Like, I'm, I'm more in line with Michael Malone who said look man at the dinner table that yeah. was a word we just used growing up like right. to me it, it, it's more in line with that but right so uh, Tony Brothers an official called Spencer Dimwitty at least says this Spencer Dimwitty said oh, that that's last year. Was, yeah. Tony Brothers called him a B A M F er, and so B A sounds like a good part. It's not the good one. And I'll say that that like that's actually three curse words in three yes, words. Three in, words, in, three curses. Yeah, and so like I'll, I'll say this too. Um, I kind of agree with you in that. I think that the M F R used to be like a really hot button one in the NBA, and it's become less of one, and. We're getting into the semantics of cursing here. And there was, I looked this up because I was curious about it. I'm like trying to get like a history of it. Um, Howard Beck penned an article in 2022 that talked about how the league was really trying to tamp down on cursing in general. And they got and, their eye on the big issues in the league, man. I, I like and, that. I like this. And and so, like, I don't know if that was part of it because it just seems like you're never going to get rid of it. Like, you're not going to get rid of it. Like, the players yeah. are going to curse. Like, that's just part of it. Like, you're just not going to get rid of it. Um, it just didn't warrant an ejection. It just didn't. It just absolutely, you just can't toss him for that. And I don't know what it's going to take. I also like, I don't, I guess I do have another question for you. Do you think there is any amount of incidents that can occur with Nikola Jokic that is going to alter the course of the officiating to where he is no longer as upset? Wait, what? It, like, so I'm asking is if we have enough of these ejections, Oh, would he ever change behavior? No. And situations to where the officials will give him the calls that he's seeking. Let me be clear. Yokes has, was ejected. You know, he's been ejected this year and he's been ejected before where it's like he was looking to be ejected like Jokic sometime. This is one that I did not think he was looking to be ejected for. And I didn't think that even going into that moment, Jokic was hot. Like you can usually see it building, right? Like you're like, oh no, Yokes getting hot. Another missed call. He's starting to get hot and he's starting to, you know, he's going to do something here. This was one where I was like, it came out of nowhere because I didn't think Yoke was rattled. I think he was mad at a call. So for me, this one is like, look, everybody views cursing a little bit differently. I try not to do it across my various shows very often. I'm cognizant of it because I know like listeners, I always meet people that have kids or something. They're like me and my son listen to it on the way to school. I'm always like, all right, I got to, there's kids. Listen, I go, I want to be a little bit, you know, above board here. But for me, we're talking about the most competitive people on earth playing an incredibly intense game that has right. like relatively high stakes. Yep. To me, it's absurd to want or expect these guys not to feel that emotion. There's a cost that comes with telling people the MF, like third grade, the MF word, that's one that you will get tossed two techno, no, no two technicals, only one. And you're, we're over, we're skipping the rule book and going straight to ejection on this. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? These guys are wound up and hyper intense. And if you play sports, Every like in a rec league, you get some of the most absurd complaints about refs and this or that, right? Like your YMCA yeah. league. And as much as that is ridiculous and shows the lack of restraint most humans have, it also just shows you that human nature is when yeah. you're competitive, 
your intelligent part of your brain gets lowered yep. and this like visceral part gets raised and you have to factor that in or else we're going to get like you know, or else you're going to make an impossible circumstance. So for me, this one is so ridiculous. It's it out is. of control. And by the way, this ref has a history three times. Now he has thrown out guys in which every time the people, the announcing crews have been like, what on earth are we throwing this guy out for Jimmy Butler, Terrence Mann, and now Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri says, Matt, you complained about us complaining about the refs last time. Maybe it's time, you know, say something about the refs and retract your previous ref statement. Let's be clear on this. Oh man, he just dropped the f bomb. Get it. No, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. No, nope. get out of here, Matt. You're kicked I, out. I blanked it. I could have done if, if Yoga just said you mother. Maybe he gets away with it. Um, <laughs> I'll be clear on this. I have said consistently for two years that Yoga does not get the calls that he deserves. I've said this. I was like, look, you can look at the field goal attempts based off of the amount of time that he spends in the paint. He does not get a good whistle. I've said that consistently. What I've talked about is how the Nuggets respond to those situations. What I've talked about is whether or not you're blaming that in a game where you should have won. What I've talked about is whether or not. You should be acting like the refs are an active. Like you have to be able to move on. Like your responsibility is to deal. Like it's adversity. Yes, it's unfair. That's part of it. Like you're yeah. gonna have to be able to 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 function and play through it. My problem with Nicola in particular in this instance, not with Nicola, but with the ejection, is that that was not granted. Is that they just you're gone. No, that's no, what no, I mean. No. There was no buildup. It wasn't yeah. like you could say, well, this was the fourth M effort. It was. I was like, dude, they came out of nowhere. Yeah. So like that's my my thing here is. There are if it's wrong, if it's if it's a terrible call, I'll say it. If it's a series of terrible calls, like I talk all the time about, like, yeah, they're getting a bad whistle tonight. And I say that about like every team in the league. It's not even. There is only one team that gets a, a consistently good whistle. There's that's it. One team in the entire league I would point to and say that historically and this year gets a good whistle. I won't talk about them. But like yeah. for me. When I say that all fans complain about about how they're officiated, I mean it. Like, if you guys go and you talk to a Wolves fan and you ask, how does Rudy Gobert get officiated? They would say, oh, terrible. He's always getting hacked. He never gets a call. If you talk to Sixers fans, they will There's tell no you if he no doesn't way. get There's enough. No that's, that's not true. That's not true. That part you're going a little far on. Nobody, Sixers fans don't say that Embiid gets a bad whistle. Come on. Rockets, okay. I would say that, that there's probably some Rockets fans absolutely told me the hard to get more. Yeah. Zion was like top five in, um, in or top three all time in field goal rate a couple seasons ago. And Pelicans fans were mad he didn't get more. Yeah. So, like, when I have that kind of perspective, but that doesn't change the fact that this was an absolutely rid ridiculous ejection. And there are some stats to back this up, though, Matt. I mean, you have seen the like last two minute report, Yoke leads mm -hmm. in bad calls. So, like, and he also, I think, is like top 10 in positive calls. I just think he's a tough player to officiate. But at the same time, man, here, here's the real concern with this, Matt. Not every official would have reacted the way that this guy did. I agree. And the fact that this guy now has a track record of being yep. this, like to me, this is the thing is referees aren't there to create a standard. They're there to impose a standard. And it's like, what is the standard? If this guy clearly is like a Puritan and does not like unholy language, it's like, come on, man, what, what is the standard here? And how do you adjust to it? And I'll also say that, the NBA has lost a lot of long time officials, like guys that had spent 15, 20, 30 years in the league. They've lost a ton of those over the last, I think, eight seasons. And you're seeing a lot of it with this now where you have inexperienced officials, especially you have inexperienced officials who are being told by the league, like, hey, like you should tamp down on player cursing or behavior or like try and get this out of the game. And their means of doing so are these types of things. But then you have like this pushback the other way. 
And I'm not saying that like, I just think that, that, that there's a responsibility to kind of let it go. I just think that there is a responsibility to kind of like you. And I think this is one of the things where you can see it. You know it when you see it, like even without hearing what's said on court. And I get that that's an absence of information that we have, but you can watch certain times and just be like, oh, come on, McGann. this guy's begging for a tech. Draymond's the king of it. And so right, right. the absence of that, I think, is something. That and Yoke has too, by the way. And here's the thing about yeah. that: I want to make sure that it's clear. Yoke to me this year has been more short-tempered, and I think less mature than he has been over the last the previous years. So it is a storyline to me that Jokic is like, "Hey, he's running a little hot. Is he mentally fatigued? Is he annoyed? Like, it's a storyline. It's just it sucks that last night it happened because I didn't. It's, last night didn't seem like an example of it, and he gets ejected. Now, I will say one. I want to say one thing because. This was in Chicago, and Yoke in his career is going to play in Chicago maybe 10, 11, 12 times in his whole career, right? Yeah. Once a year, not probably not going to match up in the playoffs anytime soon. So this is kind of like an important thing. Not that the refs should take that into account. That would be insane to be like, okay, it's Serbian heritage tonight. We need to take this into account. There's a lot of Serbians here. But it, it highlights the problem of why it's important that refs get this right is – you know, Michael Jordan came to Denver, what, 13, 14 times ever in his in his entire NBA career? Not a lot of chances for the people of Denver to have gotten, got to see Michael Jordan. Jokic is the same thing, and the fact that it happened here makes the consequence of that decision, which again is separate, it should not factor into the decision, but it does make the consequence of that decision especially um, unfortunate. And I do feel for the people of Chicago who scrounged together money to go to this one game and then got that. It's like, you got to be kidding me. At the end of the day, the NBA is an entertainment product. They made a, I think that the a referee with a track record made a bad decision yeah. and it has this compounding uh, effect. Um, you mind if I get one, one last word in here? Go for um, it. Hurricane says, doesn't that perspective mean that officials suck? I mean, if all consumers say this product sucks, doesn't it mean it might suck? Here's my problem. Um, the comparison for me is, do you know that the average uh, approval rate for Congress has not shifted in any term over the last 50 years they all like republican democrat good economy bad economy they're always negative they're always at the same almost the same number it doesn't change to me that's like how the officials are where it's like it's not like this has shifted like you're never gonna think the officials do a good job you're never gonna because they they influence the outcome of a game in in, in fans minds and that's always gonna i think drive a little bit of the perception uh on the other side how about reggie jackson big government is back we'll talk about big government and his performance in the win over the Bulls and how he's stepped up for the Nuggets this season on the other side. Right now, I want to tell you about Game Time. Game Time is the absolute best way for you to get tickets. One of the cool things is it gives you complete peace of mind, right? You get to see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. So that's really helpful if you want to make sure that you've got like the view that you need. I use it when I was looking at tickets for the Sphere in Vegas, because if you get the lower, like the closer ones, really? the IGA is actually poor. Like that's actually not really good. I told the story. I didn't get to go because I got I I was working. But um, all in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you get to buy tickets in just two taps. It's really easy and quick. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Let's talk about Reggie Jackson, my man. Um, you know, it's it's really fascinating to me in that 
one of the things that the Nuggets needed so much from their bench the last couple of years is just guys that weren't, you know, consistency is such a big keyword in the NBA. But honestly, what the Nuggets needed wasn't consistency out of their bench. They need it from the young players in terms of their play, but as as in terms of performance, Monte was consistent, Plumlee yeah. was consistent. Like right. they've had some guys. Yeah. That, you're right, right, right. Since the Plumlee Monte era, um, but one thing that that you, you don't really the Nuggets really don't need that at this point. They just need not consistently negative, which is why I think Reggie Jackson is such a perfect fit because he will have these nights like he had versus the Bulls, uh, where he goes for 25 points, nine of 16 shooting, five of eight from three. He was knocking them down. Uh, six dimes and a plus 11. Um, it's just been really huge to see what he's been able to give them. He doesn't give it every night. There, Reggie hasn't been good every single night. But that was kind of the, I think, the assumption you and I came into the season with, which is like most of the time he's going to be a negative. And instead, right. it's like, no, like half the time, like he's really good. Maybe have more than half the time. Yeah. I mean, and you know what he had yesterday in the second half of that game, really the whole game, but when they needed it was like the swag and confidence. And I don't mean swag as in like, he's got his chest out. I just mean that I was nervous when Yoke went out. And when the second half began, I was nervous. Like, Oh crap, Denver's going to lose a game. They are supposed to win. And Reggie played that game as if he's like, no, we're not like, we're, we're going to win this game still. We, just because we're down three starters doesn't mean we're going to lose. And that's important. Like, how many guys off the bench, like Julian Strother can play hard. Christian Brown can play hard. Peyton Watson can play hard. How many of those guys, though, can play like with the confidence of, no, we're going to win this game. If we just do what we're supposed to do, we're going to win. And Reggie brings a lot of that. So he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's having kind of a outlier season for him. I think is this, yeah, this is the most efficient season of his entire career, Matt, of his entire career. 58% effective field goal percentage is the highest of his entire career. Um, he has a confidence. The team seems to believe in him. And then his points per 36 minutes is, I believe, up there with his prime. It's almost like equal to what he was doing in his prime. So it's unbelievable. I was thinking about this. I'll ask you this. I think the number one story of the season is Jamal Murray's injuries. Like if you step back, remove yourself and just say, what's the story of the Nuggets? Jamal Murray hasn't really played yet. Like he's played barely at all. That's the number one story. The number two story is probably Reggie Jackson's been awesome. So um, I think it might be the second biggest story with the Nuggets this year. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think you're probably right. Um, I think that Reggie being able to give you what he does and like, it, it, it is kind of funny. It's just like, man, is I, I kind of, I wish there was a world in which I could just, we could see every single player in the NBA get a, get a few minutes with Jokic to see how they perform and what their numbers look like. Like, totally. You know, I mean, does Jalen Green turn into a 50, 40, 90 guy if he plays with Nikola Jokic? Like, you know, because of what he does. But I will say that um, Reggie also, I think one of the good things is Reggie does keep it pretty simple. Where if Jokic creates an opportunity for him, he shoots and he's making it. And it's like, there's, we've talked about this in the past. The Nuggets have at times, not really last year, because uh, they were so good, but there are times when they would actually get into like, overpassing where they're like they're constantly searching for a great shot and not always finding it because they were working so hard at it and reggie i think has done a really good job this year of just being like no this is a good shot i'll take this one and him you know it it works if he's converting and he has um which i think is a credit to his feel for the game and understanding and he's given them exactly what they needed you're absolutely right the jamal injuries have been like a huge overlying thing and you know, I don't know what that means for them over the long term, um, but it's really good that they don't have to feel like they need to rush 
Jamal back because they're not absolutely dying without him. Thanks to Reggie. I mean, I just think they need him to play because they need him to play. But you're right that they can afford it. I mean, these two wins are big. Now you have a three-game homestand, so it kind of affords you a little bit of an exhale after what was a tumultuous stretch. I think you can exhale a little bit. I made this comment the other day, but Denver is now one game ahead of pace of last year. <laughs> At this time last year, they were 15-10. and 10. They're now 16-9. and nine. Um, So I just think that they're in a really good spot. Reggie's been great. And then more than anything, here's the thing about Reggie. His mold of player, I think he kind of has to be one of the main guys. You know, some guys have to be the main guy. Some guys are very comfortable being the KCP does not need to be the main guy. He's actually at his best when he's the fifth guy, I think. And he's yeah. really good at that. Reggie, I think, has to be one of the main guys. And while he fits with Jokic in large part because everyone does and he brings a different dynamic, with that bench unit, Julian Strother, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and then Zeke or DeAndre, you know, it kind of looks like Denver might go back and forth. None of those guys are the main guy. None of those guys are contending for main guy. It actually puts Reggie in the comfortable spot of being, we need you to be aggressive. Don't think about it. We need you to. And I think that that's a really good spot for him. And I'm excited for Murray to return because I'm excited to once again get to see that dynamic in that second unit hole. Uh, I have two quick hitters for you. Can I hit you? Yeah. With yeah. All right. Uh, first off is Jokic is, uh, this is via dunksandthrees.com he's 43rd percentile at the rim this season shooting 61 percent who is Jokic is 43rd percentile yeah at the okay. rim do you feel like that's noise yes and uh, here's the thing I'll say I mean look he's had a little bit of a weird year just in general but my hunch would be that in the minutes with Jamal Murray that's probably significantly different okay um but I mean we'll, we'll just have to see uh, second one is somebody mentioned this in the chat, but PJ Tucker is looking for a different place. Do you like the fit potentially of PJ Tucker on this team? Um, I don't know. Cause I don't really have a ton of faith in Zeke and I don't love the Deandre in a playoffs. PJ Tucker splits the difference there. Doesn't he? He's kind of like what you hope the Zeke Naji would be, right? He's the ideal, but yet old slash veteran version of PJ Tucker. He is battle tested. He is the Jeff green of Zeke Naji's. I'll say yes, but I, but I would say I would rather really, my hope is that when Murray comes back and the bench is able to go back to more or less whole, I'm just curious to see if Zeke Naji returns. If he like looks good again, I know that that's not good news for Zeke that you would need such a perfect scenario to be good. Um, but my hope is that he can get a little momentum and then he's less volatile. But um, I, I just, you have two months, three months to kind of decide if Zeke, if you can go into battle with Zeke Naji. And at the moment, the answer is obviously no. But if you pull the trigger now on a, on a PJ Tucker, I just, you might kick yourself in a couple months. We'll see. All right. That's and by the way, you can't trade, like people are saying trade Zeke. People don't realize this because he signed an extension. He has now a poison pill contract. You can't trade him till the off season. Yeah. So there is no trade deadline. Tra I shouldn't say no. You can under very narrow circumstances that probably won't arise, but you almost certainly cannot trade Zeke Naji until the off season. The FYI. So if you have any hopes about winning this year, um, you know, that, that would be a difficult thing to pull off. I, I feel like, uh, the front office definitely put certain did things in a certain way to be like, Nope. Like, this is what we're doing. Like right, that, right. That, that's how most of the roster is constructed in terms of just like 
better figure it out because this is the plan. Um, I, I, I imagine, and I haven't done any of the math on this. I imagine you could trade like a Vladko Chanchar for PJ Tucker, and it, maybe it's like a Chanchar and a pick or a second rounder or Chanchar and Hunter Tyson or something. Because I don't think PJ Tucker has like super high value, but it would have to be something like that if you were trading for him, I would imagine. All right, that's going to do it for Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Swipe up. We'll be with you tomorrow. And then uh, Swipe and I'll be back together on Friday. Heading into the weekend, we'll talk about the win. Whoops! The game versus the Nets and whether or not they're able to get the win. We'll talk about that on Friday. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to like, review, and subscribe. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.